2: there I'm Rebecca. Hi there I'm Rebecca Lowe. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast where you can get the latest can't miss content from NBC's coverage of one of the best leagues in the world. Be sure to tune in on weekends at 7am Eastern for Premier League mornings on NBCSN and Peacock Premium but for now we hope you enjoy the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Now, <laughs> halftime, Robbie Mustard. You said you wanted to see United manage the game. They failed
3: again, like drama. Every game has been drama. They've had two wins, leads in Newcastle, where it's been comfortable. Every other game has been some kind of drama with it. Things were going okay, by the way. I know that Martial maybe had a little injury. Things were going okay. Ronaldo comes on, Sancho comes on, Bogba comes on a little later on, and it all seems, you know, it, it, it just wasn't wasn't put together. And the biggest problem they've got, they look super vulnerable from in transition and counter-attacking. Sort of, again, from the set-piece that time, we've seen it in other games as well. They could have lost the game, Rebecca, mm. and really they should have been in control and, and put the game to bed. I guess that was a plan with bringing on the attacking players.
2: They're having a wobble, Rob.
4: They are, and the problem they've got, Rebecca, is there's no fear of playing Manchester United. Look at Villa, look at Everton today. Man United are more on par with them, then i would say the team's at the top of the table. The more you give United the ball, the less threatening they are. You look at City, you look at Chelsea, you look at Liverpool, if they have the ball, they're going to hurt you. Manchester United almost score their goals when they're not particularly playing that well, when somebody can come up with a moment. Today, it was Bruno putting it to, to Martial. And it was interesting at the end, because there's, there's no boos, and I think the, the, the fans are very much still behind all in what he's trying to do. But I think this scratching of the head, I think we're in a position where if things don't pick up soon, it might start tipping the other way.
3: Uh, we've just got to give credit to Everton's well, Rebecca. Mm. No, they, they, yeah. they, they could have won the game. Right, yeah. Injury, ravaged stuff. side. Well organised, great spirit. Mm. And they could have won it later. Without yeah. the Charleston and without the Cavaloon. yeah.
2: Andros Townsend scored at Old Trafford last season for Crystal Palace and did it again today for Everton. He's given himself a whole new lease of life as a toffee. We're going to hear from Bruno Fernandes in just a tick. But first, here is the man, Andros Townsend.
5: That must feel like more than a point, doesn't it, Andros?
6: Um, Yes and no. Um, Going into the game with the injuries we had, we probably would have accepted a point, but when you go to Old Trafford create the chances we had we had the chance that was offside in the last few minutes Mm. yes we're delighted but on another day it could have been three points where did you get that goal celebration (laughs) from right (laughs) you know what Uh, listen no this this guy is my idol Um, I grew up watching Cristiano Ronaldo spent hours on the training pitch trying to execute his techniques maybe should have spent a bit longer on the celebration because it wasn't (laughs) great execution but no it was it was a bit of respect to to Cristiano and it's an honour to be on the same field as him talk us through that goal then Oh, I was amazing, um, Dimi, doing what Dimi does best, um, on the counter-attack, using his pace and power. And then as soon as Duke's got it, I know with the quality he has and the vision he's had all season, I knew if I kept up with him, he would put it in my path. And thankfully, on this occasion, I managed to keep my composure and put it in the in the bottom corner. You got the goal touch back. Is it five goals in nine matches at Everton? Was um, it, was you, it... say, you say back, I never had it. Um, <laughs> no, it, it, it's, something that, it's something that's obviously, I've said it many times before, is... It's been tough for me trying to analyse why I haven't been scoring on a consistent basis with the quality I have with both feet. But um, I'm working on, on the training field. The manager he demands the very best and he got the best out of me when, when I was at Newcastle. Seems to be getting the best out of me again at the minute. And if I keep working hard, keep listening to the manager, hopefully I can continue getting on the score sheet. Yeah, he's doing a great job. Um, what is he telling you to do? What's different? It's just non-stop. It's just he's always, he always wants to improve. Um, if I score in the top corner, he tells me I need to put a bottom corner. Um, if I cross out wide, he tells me I need to come in the pockets. He, just, he never gives you a pat on the back. He always wants more because he knows the quality we have in the dressing room. And he always thinks there's, there's a higher ceiling to reach. And uh, I, I love that sort of technique. And I'm, I'm repaying his faith at the minute. And like I said, long may continue. Bruno, does that feel like a, a
5: big missed opportunity today?
7: Of course, I think... Having, having the result on our side, and once again made made the mistake to to don't, to made the mistake to slow the game, make it slower, make it easy for them. Uh, don't try to attack again. Don't try to go forward. Um, I think we should learn from 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 the past, but we still have a lot of uh, a lot to learn, uh, as we as we have seen today uh but we have to carry on now and, and and look for the for the next games and and watch what we did wrong today and we have to solve that problems
5: was one of the things you did wrong today to have everybody pretty much up for the corner for that breakaway goal it seemed that there was a, a big risk there
7: no just was was the same position as, as always we do um bad corner from me uh after we could clear the um, Clear the ball. We didn't clear, and after we could make a fall, we didn't make it. They come through us and they score. That's it. Nothing to. Nothing very very special from them. Just a good, of course, a good country, but we should do it. Should do much better. Starting on my corner, and uh, until the end of the uh, the goal.
2: Well, it finished a point of piece, but you wouldn't know it from the two mm. demeanors of Andros Townsend and Bruno mm. Fernandes. And just going back to Everton for a second, it was a bit of a false dawn last season. They yeah. started really well under Carlo Ancelotti, then faded away. Yeah. How much confidence should Everton fans be that this time is going to be different? This season, it's going to be their season.
4: Well, they've got a safe pair of hands. And if they want um, confirmation of that, have a look at the, uh, the table right now. The sitting third, same points as Manchester United after seven games and I remember this game. They, they played a game pre-season, these two teams, and Manchester United beat them 4-0, and it was a time when Everton hadn't particularly started pre-season well. There's all the talk about Rafa not being a fit, and there was a real worry that this could go wrong pretty quickly. In fairness, his team are organised, Rebecca. They're, they're well set up. They can break on the, on, on the counter. Damare Gray, $2 million, looks a better player than Jadon Sancho at $100 million. That's the work. Andros Townsend's revitalised the player we saw at Custom Palace. That's the work that Rafa does. That's what can be done on a training ground if you work with a group of players.
2: And players like Damari Gray, players like Andros Townsend have something to prove, don't they?
3: They really do. And the expectation levels are going to be lower. I think they're, they're at a club now where they're totally enjoying the discipline of the manager to put them in a good position, to be successful at what they're doing. And they're more stable. You know, you're, The same question, Like, I'll give my take on it, is like They've got a manager that's consistent, that's reliable, that's steady. This might not be their season, as you said, but in the future, they could have some big seasons with this manager, with some money, with new additions. Everton are in a, as Rob says, they are in a safe pair of hands right now.
2: Okay, it's all going in the right direction if you're an Everton fan as of now.
8: Thomas, so much to talk about from the
9: game, but from your point of view, a deserved victory? Yes, absolutely a deserved victory. We, We played a good match of football. It was an entertaining match of football because Southampton also strong but uh, we did everything today in my opinion to deserve the win and we got late goals could have scored earlier we could have finished the goal um, the game uh, in, in, in first half but it's like this and uh, we deserve to win. How frustrated were you that it's only 1-0 at half time when you've dominated that half? Actually I was not frustrated with the 1-0 but if you score a second one and they they take it away from you uh, for almost no reason then you are frustrated and was necessary for me and for my team to get the frustration of our shoulders and, and to refocus. In second half, they switched the system uh, to a back five, so it's it's uh, more difficult to find spaces and to adapt to it. So this was the this was the challenge. Uh, you know, if you if you have a lot of chances, you don't score the second one. Okay, with one mistake, they punished us, and then uh, we gave away a poor penalty. But the reaction to to the equaliser and the reaction to the red card was excellent. So, Cesar Aspilaqueta's challenge for you, that's not a foul. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, we have have talks here before the season. Everybody tells me that we want to, everybody tells me we go back to English football and we will not whistle soft touches. And it depends how the game goes. And then we're here in the middle of London, it's raining, it's some 40 minutes, and we have an intensive match. And then it's not even after the situation that there is a goal. There is a chance, there is a second chance, there is a third cross. And the third cross is a goal and we go back. This is not the decisive action for this goal. So no, for uh, for this situation I have absolutely zero understanding why we go back to this situation and then take a goal away. But Timo did get his goal yeah. and it was an incredible feeling of relief, wasn't it, around the stadium? Yeah, of course. It was 1-1 and we come from two defeats and we played a good match of football and it's it's difficult to create, also against 10, ten, ten men defending. So, yeah, it was a, was a fantastic goal and he was there where he needs to be as a striker and I'm happy and happy for the team. And Ross Barkley
8: play, played a key part in that. You made a decision to bring him on for his first league minutes
9: uh, and he he did what he had to do yes he did what he had to do that's why he came on to deliver to to have maybe one one shot one free kick or one shot from open game because we were like in the half spaces around the box so i hope that he can maybe find the solution it's very strong in the in the moment he plays with a good energy in, in training and in the champions league games where he came on in the cup game he was strong so yeah, I'm happy for him. The, the pass was excellent. The delivery was excellent, and Timo finished it.
8: Just finally, top of the league going into the international
9: break—that must feel very, very good. Yeah, it's only it's only Saturday. You know, there are some teams playing tomorrow who can still catch us. But it was, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, the best thing to go into a national break with a win, and and 16 points is is, uh, is very good. And uh, from here on, we continue. Thank you so much. Thank you.
5: Obviously, Ralph, the red card to such a key player in your team is a, is a crucial moment in the game. Um, it seemed to me that it was a bad ball from their goalkeeper that invited James ward prowse to, to go for it. He, he's a bit unlucky that he's caught the player, not the ball.
10: Yeah, um, yeah. when you press high, then you have sometimes uh, situations like this. and When you're a little bit too late, there's a little bit about winning the ball, having a goal chance, being a bit, little bit late and then it's a foul. Uh, um, I haven't seen it, but I, th- I think they, they, they spoke about the red card uh, from VAR Mike Dean. I think he, that's the third time he gives us a red card as a VAR with, since I'm here. But okay, when it was one, then it was one. Okay, um, but I think um, we shouldn't only speak about the red card, I think we should speak about a, a fantastic game for the supporters today. I mean, uh, we were absolutely brave today, uh, we did a good job. I'm, I'm very proud from, from the way we played today i think uh, super intense uh, first half up and down both teams uh, with an open vizier. <laughs> but uh, in the end uh, it was it was uh, yeah the red card the decisive moment we were coming back changed the shape in the half time you could feel that uh, chelsea had to to play the highest level to score against us and I think the chances uh, before the red card haven't been that much. Uh, we defended proper, also in the other shape, always nasty with our counter-attacks. What we don't have, I must say, is that we have not, uh, don't have the the quality in the final third then to to make an equal three against three or four against four to to, to have a goal chance. Uh, we can only score when we have an over number, and this is you don't get against this team normally. So this was difficult for us, but we scored a goal. We came back and then. Finally, lost the game, but I think yeah, was really, I must say, the guys did a really good job against the Champions League winner. I mean, yeah, what can I say? I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely proud of of, of the effort we put in today.
5: I, I I saw you play Wolves last weekend. I've seen you today. I, I mean, it was a much better performance.
10: I don't know. It was a completely different game last week. We had a lot of possession, and and uh, we had to make the game. This game was more by, about playing against the ball and being. Um, good on the jump, and we—I think we—we we forced them. Yeah? We, we tried to to make it as tough as possible for them, and uh, I think it was tough for them.
5: You—you recurring to this theme most most weeks about talking about quality in the final third. It's—it's it's a problem.
10: Yes, not when you have hundred millions to buy taku then it's not a problem. Huh? But <laughs> um, we are speaking about a different level, and this is not so surprising for me. But I must say that uh, uh, with, the, with the limits we have, we did a fantastic job to to be honest.
8: Graeme, how in the end did
11: you see this result tonight? Uh, it is what it is, the, the result, but the performance was fantastic from us. I loved our, loved our intensity, loved our courage, loved our, quali- loved our quality. It was a, a wonderful, wonderful performance and really proud of the, proud of the players. You go in at half
8: time having really controlled that first half. Are you delighted with everything you've seen, or are you thinking, why on earth have we nothing to show for it?
11: No, you, as a as a coach, you know that football sometimes the the hard bit is putting the ball in the net. And but we did we did everything. We tried everything. Um, like I said, intensity was great. Regaining the ball, playing out from the back, winning it back, going uh, man for man with their you know high quality players. Players showed great great courage. Um, and intelligence as well. So it was a fantastic performance. We've spoken in the
8: past, haven't we, about the fine margins in football. Is there a sense that this might have been a game you might have lost last season?
11: Maybe, um, maybe we. But and that's football. It can happen. It's uh, sometimes you don't get what you deserve, and it's not sometimes it's not fair. And that's life. Um, but like I said, the performance was was really really good, and we can take a lot from that. We'll we'll. We'll learn, we'll, in, we'll improve, but in terms of the the ninety minutes, I can't be happy with the with the guys. They they gave everything, and terrible evening in terms of weather, but the both supporters I thought were fantastic, made it a good atmosphere, and it was a really good game. Let's focus on your performance then, considering the quality of the opposition
8: as well. What did that tell you about the progress that you're continuing to make at the moment?
11: Well, we've been playing well for a, for a while. Um, our performances have been consistent, I think, and. Um, like I said, lots of the time last year we we played well, but the points weren't what we wanted. So you're always having to answer questions around results, which is normal. But in terms of our performance, they've been quite consistent. Um, I think that was a step up from us in terms of our performance today, which uh, you needed against a, a team in a great moment after the you know the result they had at the weekend. So we knew where to step up, and we did. And it's one thing knowing it, and then the other thing executing it. I thought we did that really well. One standout individual tonight,
8: Mark Cuccarella. What did you think of his contribution and what have you felt about his contribution so far since joining the team?
11: His contribution has been brilliant, on and off the pitch, great lad, everybody loves him. Uh, Settled in really well, great positive uh, mentality. And then the way he plays the game is so refreshing, Uh, gives energy to the team. But again, I thought the the whole team performance was was amazing. The, The back three were defending big spaces against some really, really good attacking players. Did it with real courage, um, so I don't want to sig- signal anybody out. But, but team, team-wise, was just fantastic. But Mark, we're really happy with him. The bottom line is, you go
8: into the second the October international break with 14 points mm. from seven matches. What's your overall assessment of that
11: start? Well, it's good from a points perspective. You can't argue with that. And two points a game in the Premier League is uh, very well, very well done from the guys. Um, like I said, we've we've had to be resilient. We've had to. Dig deep at times because we've had problems, injuries, etc., etc., which everybody has. But uh, we've dealt with it well. Performances have been good, with it not being perfect. Today was as close to perfect as you can get. Certainly, first half, Um, and we have to keep going from that. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Greg. Thank you,
8: Mikhail. You take a point in difficult conditions. What did you think of Arsenal's performance tonight?
12: Well, I think uh, we have to take the point because I don't think we deserve um, anything more than that. And if we got that point, it's because we defended uh, really well the last 15 or 20 metres of the pitch. But um, otherwise, I think it's a performance where we need to improve a lot in, in the rest of the departments.
8: What did you feel was missing tonight, particularly off the back of that performance against Tottenham We last struggled.
12: week? We struggled to interpret well um, their press, how we could beat that man-to-man press that they proposed right from the beginning. Um, we lost a lot of jewels every time we had the ball and tried the opportunity to connect with somebody, to set the ball, to run off that person and then attack open spaces. We didn't do it well. And then the game becomes uh, with big transition moments, with equal numbers in your backline and contemplating um, to control. So we never took the game but we wanted to take and, uh, and there we were uncomfortable.
8: You saw how well they controlled much of the first half. How did you try and address that at half-time?
12: Well, we made some adjustments, obviously, and, um, and we improved. I think in the second half, we... We looked different. Uh, the substitutions helped at the end as well to give us a, a different edge uh, with what they were trying to do. And we had some uh, big situations. Probably the clearest chance of the game with the head that they had uh, was for Emil, but uh, we weren't concrete enough in, in the opponent final third.
8: What difference did you feel the likes of Pepe and Lacazette coming on could make at that point?
12: Well, Laka, because of his qualities and the way they split and uh, and they they follow everybody in midfield, is um, his link-up play is probably the best that uh, we have in this situation. And then the pace, obviously, and the goal threat that
8: Pepe gives you every time um, you are in open spaces. You go into this second international break now with 10 points. You went into the first one with no points. How do you assess this last spell of games I overall? I think it's been
12: a really positive block of um, results, performances. Um, There's a lot of positives that we can tell. We conceded one goal in five games, um, counting as well the, the Capital One Cup. Um, and other things that uh, we have to get better. The consistency as well with the, with the ball, the way we want to play, we need to get better.
8: We've just heard from your goalkeeper, Aaron Ramsdale, another clean sheet for him. Mm-hmm. He's pleased with that. He's pleased to be back in the England squad. How pleased are you being with him? I'm really pleased. I think he's been terrific.
12: Um, we are defending really well as a unit. Um, Aaron has been terrific since he's, um, since he has started to play. He needs to continue to do that. Now he needs to focus with the national team and come back uh, healthy.
8: Appreciate your time. Thank, Thank you for you. Coming. <laughs>
2: Welcome inside our studio this Sunday morning. Robbie L, Robbie Mosto, Rebecca Lowe. We have the first firing of the season. We found out just probably when you did as well, about 10 minutes before we came on air. Quite a surprise, I think it's fair to say. I'm just going to set the scene for you, just put everybody in the picture of where Watford are and how they've done so far this season. So I said they're 14th, they've played seven, they've lost four, they've drawn one, and they've already managed to win two games against Norwich and against Aston Villa. But even so, this morning, the statement was they are on a negative trend just when the club feel they should be visibly improving. Now, he took the job, and by the way, when Munoz was hired the 13th different permanent manager <laughs> since 2012. That's 13 managers in about nine years. Joined last December, got them promoted, of course, had a really, really good season. Up they come, sitting 14th. Decent record so far. Fired this morning. Robbie Mosto, reaction, please. I, I, I,
3: I'm almost laughing because I, I think it has to be the most ridiculous firing that we've covered doing this league in the, what, eight years now we've been doing it. I mean, the data, in fact, says that's a pretty good start by the way. Two, they've won two games. They've scored more goals than Arsenal and Spurs. They're, the seven, they're 14th in the league table right now. They're, whilst, by the way, this guy's trying to integrate 12 new summer signings that's not always easy to bring into a side. So the fact that these indicating a negative, strong negative performance is laughable, quite honestly. And when, you, when I think about it a little more, this is always going to happen. This smacks of We'll reward this guy. We'll reward him for a really good championship season. Yep, you can be in charge in the Premier League, but we really want a Premier League manager. You're not. And, I, and, and you know, he's inexperienced, to be fair. I think four months coaching in Tbilisi, Georgia, before he got the Watford job. And make the change in the summer, Rob. Don't, don't wait till now. It just really feels all right.
4: And it's
2: some reward, isn't it? Yeah,
3: thanks for the yeah. reward. So that, that's... I mean, they, and they've, like... As soon as we get a, a reasonable... Uh, like a, a draw and a loss to get rid of him, to bring somebody else in, I think it's, it's awful. This football club,
4: Rebecca, is, is a joke. Uh, the, the statement's ridiculous, the wording in the statement, the negative trend. And I think the only thing we're not surprised about, because it's Watford and the amount of managers you've said, the only thing that tops this for Watford is tomorrow morning they announce Ted Lasso as their new money. <laughs> I mean, that, honestly, that's where we are. This football club... This guy had the best defensive record in, in the championship. He's trying to change a team from a rigid 4-4-2 that relied basically on Troy Deeney's power and strength to be a little bit more football. I was doing the game yesterday. I did a little bit of research before the Leeds game. They've got a nice mix of Saw. They've got Dennis. They've, they've got King and Sissoko and other mm. players. These are, I'm looking at them yesterday thinking, they could be competitive this, this time around Watford, yet again, we're back in the same place. They attack a manager, there'll be a time of integration, there'll be players in and out, before you know it with Christmas and anything could happen. I mean, you, you have no sympathy for the way this football club does its business.
2: I mean, the results are saying that they actually are competitive right now, so yeah. that's exactly they're, they're what are They're on a
4: saying. point of a, point point, a, game. a game. 38 points will keep you in this Premier League. It certainly yeah.
2: will. Now, down the years, Robbie, you have at times been OK with the way this club is run in mm. terms of it's different. They, they like a director of football. They then just get the coach in to then coach the players that everybody else buys. Right, right. But for you, this is just a step oh. too far.
3: I, I, and I think we saw it before, the time in the Premier League before, where they, the managers were coming and going real quick. Again, to, to, for the most part, it's worked for Watford. They've been in the Premier League, but I think the last few seasons have been a disaster. There's talk about... Claudio Ranieri yep. maybe being the guy, possibly. I'll tell you what, it'll be his biggest achievement in his career if he stays a season with Watford. Let alone winning the Premier League but Leicester, Leicester City, it will be, if he stays to the end of the season. And I doubt very much it's going to happen if he takes the job. But the, the,
4: the thing that Watford know is they're one of only 20 clubs in the Premier League and there'll be lots of people who would take this job. And Eddie Howe, for real arguments sake, would be somebody who maybe would look at it and think, well, look at all the other managers. they take the job if it comes, Rebecca.
2: Just when you think the Premier League's enjoying a nice, (laughs) calm little spell, we get our first firing of the season. Let's get more reaction. Pitchside today at Anfield, of course, ahead of the game between Liverpool and Man City a little bit later at 11.30 Eastern. Our team, Lee Dixon, Graham Lasseau, Ola White.
13: Rebecca, chaps, and America. Good morning to you from sunny Anfield. At Lee, the moment, at the moment, Lee <laughs> might be regretting the scarf choice right now, saying, but he's playing the seven long game. Ago. Exactly, <laughs> it was pouring with rain. It's going to be that sort of day. But what a game we've got to look forward to: Liverpool against Manchester City. The place will be rocking later on. But let's concentrate on Watford. And you've heard mm. the chaps and their reaction to the firing of Cisco Muñoz. Look, Watford do this. This is their identity, and they are rarely in trouble if they're not in the Premier League. They're doing
5: OK in the championship. The track record suggests it works. So is it as shocking as the, the lads were saying? Well, it's not in some ways. Obviously, the record of seven points from seven games is is enough at this stage to keep them in the league. But to lose to Leeds yesterday, who haven't... It's their first win. To draw with Newcastle, who are having a shocking time as well. And they lost to Stoke in the EFL Cup as well. Um, it, there's three bad results there. And it seems to me... That this was on the cards, this has been on the cards it's part of the plan, we shouldn't be surprised in that sense, they're already looking for the next coach whilst they've got someone in the job because it is a series of short term sort of shocks that they give this, this squad um, to try and Get, be a catalyst for, for success and what success is to them is clearly getting enough quality in in terms of players but also a manager now if it is Ranieri or someone of that calibre who's got a track record in, in the Premier League and that's a slight change for them because they've often gone for managers that are quite unknown quantities and use them as part of a rotational process to try and give them that uplift but it's you know, it, of course you, it, you've got to look at it and think it's disappointing but not, not that surprising mm. in many ways. Well it's not a shock Let's, let's get that out,
1: out, out of the way to begin with I think if you ask the supporters In the last 10 years They've been in the Premier League 6 years They've had a promotion. They've had a relegation. They had an FA Cup final. They haven't done from from an excitement point of view, from an up and down point of view, from winning games in the championship point of view to being in the Premier League more times than they haven't in the last ten years. You'd have to say it's it's been a success. That's what they do. Is it a surprise now? Well, maybe the owners have said, you know what, this is our this is what we do. When they don't hit those those ceilings, we sacked the manager. This year, they might have said, you know what, let's push that bar a little bit more. So now they've got seven points in seven games. That's not enough for them. So they sacked the manager. So I think, that obviously, from a humanity point of view and looking at the manager and going, he's done a pretty good job and he's still out of a job. Every manager who takes that job at that position knows what's coming. They know if they don't hit above for what the owners think, the likelihood is of getting sacked. So I don't think it is a surprise. I think the fans ultimately... Quite like the fact that they've been in the Premier League that long and had some relative success from that point of view. So, I, do you know? I'm not as shocked as the two as as, as Robbie Musto is in the studio. I think it's kind of like that's their model.
13: Yeah. Just just get on with it. Graham, six teams below Watford at the moment. Mm. Four haven't won a game yet. What do you think Norwich, Newcastle, Burnley and Southampton are basing their thinking on in terms of managers? Well
5: it's a totally different approach, they've all Mm -hmm. got a different approach with maybe the exception of Newcastle that are chaotic at the moment, that's not by design (laughs) that's just the way the club is structured and all the way down, sorry, from the ownership down to to the fans, that that adversarial sort of type relationship they have at the moment, so I think Steve Bruce is probably the one that's looking around going, okay how can I get some control of this? I think the others, you know, you've got Sean Dyche, he's, you know, job for life is in some in some ways, Leeds with Bielsa, it's a different, a totally different attitude um, that, that he has and the club have towards him and football. And Norwich long-term plan. You know they kept Farker when when they got relegated. He's come back up, had a terrible start to the season, mm. but you can see there's a, a different strategy to those clubs that they believe is going to give them longer-term stability. Mm. Keep your eye on Southampton,
13: Rebecca, as well. The sun's gone in; it's got a bit chilly. I hate to admit it, I think Lee's right. <laughs>
2: Manchester City are the subject of Sunday's boot room. We're going to get a transatlantic point of view from Arlo Lee and Graham shortly. But, Robbie Moss, I'm going to start with Mm. you. This false number nine situation, which is causing a huge debate among City fans and actually in and around the Premier League. Is the problem with Man City a lack of striker or is the problem a lack of continuity in who he chooses to Mm. play the false number nine because he has chosen Grealish, Torres, Torres? Uh, Foden, uh, I mean, the list goes on, Sterling, Sterling Bruyne, of course, yeah. most recently, De Bruyne yeah. even. Yeah. For you, what is the bigger problem? Well,
3: first of all, it's not, it's not been a massive problem because they won the, the Premier League title last season. Um, but obviously, a concern of the football club that they tried to buy Harry Kane. So it's not just us or me saying that they could be better with a, with a, with a uh, natural leader, or frontman. The club tried to do that. Now, I I just, you know, at times, of course, when they first started to do it, it it, it was different. um, And they still create a lot of scoring opportunities. And last year, the midfield players scored a lot of goals. Ilka Gundogan was a top goal scorer, 13 Premier League goals. So in order to achieve what they did last year, he's got to do that again. Or somebody else got to step up for the goals. 83 goals were scored by Man City last season, which is the fewest to win the title since Leicester did it. I think four or five years before that. So... I think when, when we look around the league and, and the other teams, they've improved. And I feel like 83 goals potentially isn't going to be enough. So Man City would have to find more goals when you think of Liverpool now, the, the way that they're playing, uh, and a few others in Chelsea, etc. So that's what concerns me. And I watched, I've watched a couple of recent games and the results haven't been terrible. But I, And it just like looks like it lacks a natural striker, a leader, a front man to be that guy that gets in the right spots at the right time to score goals. And Pep also said it, I think in his press conference after the game uh, last weekend, or leading into this one, where he said, we just haven't got that guy and we're trying to do the best that we can. I'm trying to get as many players into the box as we can to get the goals required.
2: Okay, so if they need more goals, Mm. surely they need somebody who knows that every week he's playing in the false number nine position, he can get a hold of that position, he can learn it a bit better, Mm. rather than chopping and changing.
4: True, but I'm, I'm going to try and play devil's advocate to Musty's argument and, and to the argument that you put out there. First of all, this is Pep's world, and Pep does it in a different way. We've seen inverted f- full-backs, we've seen goalkeepers at centre-backs, we've seen him win a title without a striker, so it can be done. I agree that, obviously, if you get Harry Kane, he's fine, but, it, but there's also, with Pep, there's a profile of that person who's going to play in the false nine. More than anything, you've got to keep possession of the ball. You've got to be, have good spatial awareness, get between the defenders. So we've seen Foden play there. We've seen De Bruyne play there. We've seen Torres play there. Now, the other thing I would throw at you, Bex, and, and, and I was thinking about this last night when, when we were thinking about City. If you're Liverpool, who's going to play the false nine? Who's, who is Van Dyke and Matip going to pick up? You don't know, which is part of the problem which, which, that Manchester City give you. If it's Harry Kane, or if it was a Sergio Aguero, and I know I'm going to practice Sergio Aguero, Liverpool have practiced this week and don't actually know who's that guy who's going to be central and probably don't know who the white guy is. So I sometimes think Pep looks at the opposition, he looks at the game, he looks at maybe minutes played. And the one thing I'll say about Manchester City is, even when they get beat... They generally have more football than the opposition and generally
3: create more chances in the opposition. What they aren't doing at the moment is converting them. The only thing I'd say about that, Rob, in terms of carrying on this conversation is, is it it helping the development of Raheem Sterling to play sometimes wide, to sometimes play as a nine? Same with Phil Hmm. Foden, Hmm. sometimes up front. Is it helping their game? where Jack Grealish has come in now, playing on the left-hand side. I just think, is there an element to this as well where it kind of suits a player to really get familiar with the position and the players around him, and you keep rotating the player in different spots? Again,
4: Again, It's it's an interesting point. I'd also, again, i I'll go to Pep's world. And Pep's world, I think... You have to be an all-round footballer and play in a number of positions and, and play wherever the, the positions take you. I just think that he's worked it out. He, he continues to go that way. And I still think Manchester City will believe they can still win a title without a, num- a recognised number nine. Well,
2: they did it last season. They could mm. well do it again. The proof will be in the pudding. Let's take you back to Anfield ahead of this game then for more on the boot room. Arlo Lee Graham.
13: Thanks, Rebecca. I guess, in a way, we're at the home of a, a team that won a Champions League and a Premier League, essentially with a false nine, although he has number nine on his back. Roberto Firmino, whether it's him today or Diogo Jota, we'll have to wait and see. Lee, Jurgen Klopp says in terms of playing a false nine and maybe a lack of goals in a number nine, it's a luxury problem. And he said, to, to Robbie Earl's point, it'd be easier if they had a number nine to mark, mm. which they don't have. Where do you stand on the whole false nine well,
1: debate? A little bit. Rob, what Robbie Earle said about Peps World and all that, like, I think if you would be, be wrong to suggest that he's just making this up as he goes along. The fact that they went for um Harry Kane would suggest that he wanted to fill a number nine position. I don't think that was any secret. The fact they didn't get that, his shopping list was short, it was him, Harlan not available or not suitable or whatever the reason was at that, that time so he didn't get Harry Kane so he changed the way he plays or continued the way he played from last season there's no doubt that City played differently when they play with that false nine the wingers are a little bit narrower they play a little bit more linked into that position they swap positions with whoever's playing there so I think and they will do an awful lot of training work on, on that pitch in Manchester week in week out when the in the different positions, different players in that position to learn the role. That's what he expects from his players. He expects expects the players to understand the game of football, not just about playing number nine, centre forward, scoring goals. They will create goals, there's no doubt about that. And I think that's the important thing to to emphasise is he wants his players to go into that position feeling normal and feeling it's not about being on a number nine a centre forward it's about being in a position to get the ball and create something however that happens and he will change when if they did sign Harry Kane Christmas time, they will again change the way they play. So, welcome to Pep's world. If you're a footballer playing for him, mm. get used to playing in all positions and being comfortable because that's what he does.
5: Yeah, Kevin De Bruyne, Kyle Walker, Raheem Sterling, all saying that it's a brain exercise with, with Pep mm. working for him. There's a new we, challenge. We, we would be it, no good. It, you, you would definitely <laughs> struggle. <laughs> we, I said. Well,
13: you mastered the false fullback position. So.
5: <laughs> now we're doing the false broadcast position. <laughs> um, but it's. It, look, uh, Lee's absolutely. Absolutely right. The, the, the way that the, the principles of, of Pep Guardiola, the Barcelona principles where he honed his sort of coaching talents, are all about keeping possession moving um, your opponents out of possession and then filling that hole with one of your players so it's about pulling people out of positions if we're talking about the centre forward and the centre backs if you can get the centre back out of that line and get someone in behind coming in as you say off that narrow wing position or from midfield Gundogan did it a lot he's a big miss for them I think at the moment Um, they're, they're there's no better team I don't think at at doing that than Manchester City it doesn't matter about their personnel in that sense it's much more about freeing up spaces in front of the into the penalty area that then create chances the problem they've got at the moment I think is they're not they're not hitting the target Mm. they're they're 7th in the shots on target with 31 to Liverpool's Forty-nine mm. on target. They're having lots of shots, hundred and fifteen shots, but they're great. not they're not finishing those chances off necessarily at the moment.
1: No, no. But it's also it, it's a, a long season, and it's about keeping the ball out of one end and putting it in the other. They score twelve goals. They let one goal in. So yeah. they play a different they play a different way when they play with the nine. So the, the, that's what they've got to do. And, and if if you, I think from an, if I was a midfield player or a Foden or somebody like that or a Sterling, and it, and Pep said you're playing a false, I would be my eyes would mm. light up because your responsibilities are completely different. You haven't got to go up against anybody. You're not being marked by a full-back if you're playing on the wing. You've got that free role of wandering into any space you want to do and everybody's looking for you because they all link to the number nine or the false nine. Mm.
13: Uh, 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 they, sorry, Graham. They've scored. We say it's turning into feast or famine. They've scored six twice. Okay, once mm. against Wickham in the in the mm. EFL Cup. They've scored five twice. They've also been shut out three times. Most lately da- at PSG mm. on in the week. But they outshot PSG eighteen to six.
5: Yeah. So, so, so the, the sort of again, it's it's all these principles and it's to the extreme, isn't it? And actually, sometimes it's quite hard when you're commentating on them because it's pattern after pattern after pattern. And it's how we break that down differently when essentially they're doing the same things to get the, the result that they want. But it's, it's fascinating to watch. It is successful for them and they've got the quality of players to be able to adapt mm. to any system, any shape or any personality puts out there. they playing with two number nines today.
13: <laughs> Can you imagine? 4-4-2 <laughs> four, four, for Pep today then, Rebecca, by the sounds of it. But they have had 14 different goal scorers in all competitions. It'll be fascinating to see
0: what he does this afternoon.
2: Yeah, true. And there are pros and there are cons. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Fascinating stuff in this Sunday morning's boot room. Focusing now on the 11.30 Eastern game between Liverpool and Manchester City, this is a total number of Premier League points won since the start of the 2017-18 season. So in the last four years, you can see just from this, they are far and away, head and shoulders, above all the other teams in the Premier League. City on 378, Liverpool a little behind them on 354. Well, on Friday, the captain of Liverpool, Jordan Henderson, did a Zoom with our very own Robbie Musto for Inside the Mind.
3: So, Liverpool's injury issues, Jordan, of last season are well documented. Um, most are back fit now, and the group is looking pretty strong so far, the first part of the season. How would you summarise how the squad looks at this moment?
14: I think it looks strong. You know, we've started the season really well, we've got great depth within the squad. The team's been rotated at times, but always looked uh, strong, and performance level has been good, so that's important because you're going to need everyone throughout the season with, with the number of games that we've got. So, overall, it's been a positive start, um, but still a long way to go.
3: Mm. And yourself, we you talk about injuries. You were one of the players that missed a big chunk towards the end of the last season with a groin injury. How is it and how are you? And, and does it bother you at all now?
14: No, I, I feel really good. I'm in good shape. You know, um, Of course, I missed the end of the season and then sort of done well to, 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 to get back for the Euros but still wasn't sort of 100%, but yeah, trained and trained um, for, for like a, a pre-season after that on my own and then with the team, so I've had quite a long time of, of building back up um, and training, so it's nice to be back playing games um, and physically feeling good.
3: I'm sure it's nice as well, mate, to be playing games in midfield, and uh, you and Fabinho, of course, have looked really good together, Give us a little insight into what it's like playing with Fabinho in that area and how your role kind of changes when you play with him.
14: Yeah, I love playing with Fab, you know, he's such a fantastic player, reads the game so well, breaks play up, good on the ball and... Yeah, to play with him is, is is amazing, really. You know, especially when I'm playing in the eighth a little bit more advanced. You know, when you've got him behind you to protect and sort of stop counterattacks and stuff, it gives me a little bit more license to get forward, which which I've been enjoying. Um, but yeah, incredible player and um, fantastic to play with. Mm.
3: And Anfield, mate, what, tell us what it's like with those fans back in the stadium and playing in front of them again this season.
14: Yeah, incredible. You know, it's amazing to have them back, of course at Anfield, you know, but everywhere really, away games with the atmosphere and stuff have, has been much, much better. Totally different game without them as, as we've seen over the past year or so. So, no, it's it, amazing to have all the fans back in the stadiums and it makes such a big difference to the players and the, and the way football's played really.
3: Do you think it adds a focus to the players? Like, there's instant feedback now when you're playing. Like, I'm sure it's crazy with nobody in the stadium. Do you think it puts certain players under a bit more pressure or is it, does it sharpen up your game a little bit with the fans being in there?
14: I think it just adds a bit more of the emotional side in, you know, when you sort of re- you can hear the crowd reacting to certain things. And yeah, of course, it'll apply more pressure at times to to, to, to players. So that's all part and parcel of football, you know. That's what we grew up, grew up with. So to not have that was a different experience, and, and it was, it wasn't the same, of course. Um, so like I said, to have them back, it's, um, it's been amazing. Mm.
3: Just thinking about yourself, Jordan, with your career there. I think it's, I think ten years now at the football club. Do you feel like when you look back at the beginning of your career at Liverpool, did you ever think it would go on this long? And I guess more importantly, if you had to adapt your game to remain a, a really important part of the team over that period of time?
14: To be honest, when I first came, you never really think about how long you're going to be there. You just sort of know that you're coming to a, a huge football club and you want to give absolutely everything to, to be successful there, and that's, that's all I continue to do. No-one ever knows how long something's going to last. Of course, one day it's, it's going to stop, but I hope, hopefully that won't be for a, a very long time. Um, but you, you just never know in football, you know, it changes so quickly. So for me, I just yeah, enjoy playing for this this club every single day in training, every game, and try and give me absolute everything to, to be better, to try and help the team become successful. And yeah, that's that's all I've ever tried to do. And that, when that to the answer to your, to your second question in terms of um, have I adapted my game? I think I've learned and improved my game over the number of years that I've been here especially under Jürgen, who, you know, I probably would, at the beginning of, of playing more of a six and a, and a deeper midfielder I'd never really done before. I feel as though, since I started playing there a few years ago, you know, it was difficult at the beginning, but I learnt and learnt, improved improved, and I think I can play that position well now, but also I can still play my natural position, which is an near getting up and down, box to box, a bit more of all action as well, which which I enjoy. So I have, I would say, I have adapted and I have learned different ways and how I play. But that's part and parcel of, of of being a footballer. You always learn, you always want to improve, and and be better and be able to adapt in, in different positions wherever the team need need us really. And um, there was times last year I had to play centre half, which I didn't particularly particularly enjoy. But sometimes you've got to just do it for the team and and what's needed. And I'll always I'll always do that. So. Yeah, I think there's parts of us that has adapted and I think that's essential in modern-day football. But at the same time, there's still that rebuke there that I've had my whole career as a, as a player, really.
3: Yeah, interesting. Last one, mate. Just just in terms of talking about change and, and adapting, do you think Jürgen Klopp, we're almost at six years now at the football club. Can you give us like a thought of whether you think he's changed? Has the club changed him? How different is he now than what he was at the start of his reign at Liverpool?
14: I think the gaffer will always... Try and improve as well, and be better and look at different ways tactically and how he can improve his squad, how he can improve the players that he has and how to be successful so of Of course, I think you'll always continue to to progress and and want to improve as a manager and he's done that since he first came to the club you know he's what he's what he's achieved here and what he's done for this football club is is incredible, and, and like I say, hopefully there's even more to come in the, in the near future.
2: Lovely stuff there, hosted by Robbie Musto with Jordan Henderson. Robbie, what's so interesting, and of course what he didn't mention there was when he first arrived, and you asked it a- Asked him about it 10 years ago. Um, he probably didn't think he'd be there 10 years because, my no. goodness, he was on the end of some real criticism when he first yeah. arrived. He signed for Stuart Downing from Sunderland and they were in a difficult time, Liverpool, and it was mm. a hard time mentally. How much do you think he's had to grow to get out of that mindset all those years ago?
3: A lot, and, and that's why I wanted to ask him about his adaptability because I think it's a crucial part of a professional player. It certainly was for me in my career. To stay where I wanted to be, I had to adapt. So it's interesting the way that he did that. But you're absolutely right. You know, you'd think, has he got enough kind of about him at that point to be a Liverpool player and now a Liverpool legend, almost, really, what he's done and a very important part of the squad now? So I think, yeah, I think he knows that he's done well with the tools that he was given. But it's all credit to him, you know, to to be able to do that and the drive to, to, to make those improvements. Tells
4: you all about the man. Let, let's remember, going back in the day, So Alex Ferguson said about this guy, he's got a funny running gate, I'm not sure he's going to be a top player. And even the great ones get it wrong, because he took the captain's armband from Stephen Gerrard and has landed the thing that Liverpool have wanted forever, that, that title after 30 years. So, huge credit to him and, and the way he's playing in the new focus is he's key for, the, for Liverpool at the moment.
2: It certainly is. We will get the team used ahead of that game a little bit later on. Goodness me, as Arlo said at the end, (coughs) take a breath. Smiles on our faces, (laughs) it was goalless at half-time. Fair result, (sighs) 2-2?
3: Yeah, probably fair result. Um, Just a, a brilliant game of football, brilliant managers, brilliant players and brilliant goals. I mean, they had everything. There's controversy with some of the decisions, managers making tough calls, brave calls that worked. Jurgen Klopp stopped it at source, really. Stopped Man City's dominance in the second half with just more effort and more energy from his players. And some of the moments of quality, Rob, that we saw in that mm. game take a breath away. Yeah. It was that, that good and that high a quality of match.
2: I want to have a look at the Salah goal in just a second. But yeah. first of all, your initial
6: reaction,
4: Rob. Um, sometimes we call this work, but it's a privilege, Rebecca, to, to watch that. The, 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 the speed of play, the intensity, the skill levels, the drama. We played in a league that was called the Premier League back then. It was about fifty percent of the speed of what we see now. You can't sometimes imagine how people are closing down, how it touches, how you know the Salah goal we'll talk about is brilliant. And Liverpool's, I thought, will and attacking drive dented uh, City's possession, and and that was what Liverpool about. You saw two different teams, you saw two managers hugging at the end, almost like a bit of an appreciation for each other. And the big four are in the top four spots now. We have got a serious title
3: race this year.
2: So just how difficult? Was that goal from Mo Salah? Let's take another look at it, shall
3: it's we? It's a work of art. It's a work of art. I mean, the skill level, the, the quick feet level, the move in his body, and this little bit of skill, and getting to this ball. Look at it's Every sinew he strains to get to that. Shouldn't be allowed. It's an incredible goal. I mean, I had us on our feet here, just a stunning bit of football from an incredible footballer.
2: Is he the best player in the Premier League right now?
3: Yes,
4: Someone among the is the best player in the world, right? is Rebecca. It? I'll, I'll be part of that argument. And I'll tell you what else needs to happen soon. Liverpool need to get him signed up. I know he's got 18 months. I know there's got to be conversations. When he can do that, it changes games, it, it wins games, it wins title. And he's the best in the business at, at doing that. The hardest thing in the game, putting the ball in the back of the net.
2: Best player in the world right now, Mo Salah?
3: I'm just trying to think. I mean, who else out there is, is scoring as regularly as him? Consistently is him able to do that? I mean, I'm sure there are players that are able to do similar things, but I think so. Yeah, like Rob says with his contract, just just give him the money, <laughs> give him the money, get him to sign because he is an unbelievable player.
2: Okay. Well, in the first half, it was all about Phil Foden down the left, causing problems. He got a goal in the end. Didn't he? In the second half, it was him against James Milner. We saw that lovely shot at the end when they embraced and had a chat. Let's hear now from Manchester City's Phil Foden.
15: Phil, what a game! Jeff, you get your breath after that.
16: Yeah, you know, it's very difficult to come here with the fans. Um, you know, it's one of the most difficult grounds to come to. And um, yeah, I thought we dealt with it really well today. What was the
15: game like <coughs> in terms of the way it seesawed? Who had the ascendancy? Who scored first? You came back
16: twice. Yeah, man, you know, I had it all, it was end to end at times. Um, yeah, it was such a brilliant game, and um, yeah, we stuck in there to the end, and yeah, we're happy to get a draw. And another day, we could have took the three points. Were
15: you disappointed not to go in at half time ahead, given the amount of chances you had?
16: Yeah, especially me. You know, I had a couple of chances myself. Um, Kev had a header, back post. Um, yeah, it's quite disappointing not to go in at half time ahead. But you know, um, we kept the momentum when we came out for the second half, and and yeah, we digged in there.
15: You felt you should have had a foul or possibly a penalty in the first half, but was there even a stronger feeling amongst the city players that James Milner? Perhaps should have had a second card.
16: You know, I'm an honest guy. I don't like to go down when um, I get fouled. You know, try to stay on my feet and be honest. Um, you know, I'd like to see the refs. Um, you know, reward a, um, a free kick or whatever it was a penalty for that. Um, but yeah, whatever it is, you know, it happens and it's football. And, and I thought we dealt with it well. What does it say about the City, though, <laughs> coming back twice from behind today? Yeah, it shows our character. You know, um, we're not one here a lot. Um, And yeah, we showed our character when we went behind, just carried on playing our football. Um, We didn't look bothered and and yeah, we played really well today.
15: Tell us about the goal. Did it need unerring accuracy? There was only a
16: small gap for you. Yeah, you know, there was a lot of room to put it across goal. But yeah, I thought I'd just put my my laces through it and hope for the best. And yeah, I was happy to see it going back in the net.
2: Joining Arlo Lee and Graham right now pitch side is Pep Guardiola.
13: Rebecca, thank you. Pep, thanks for joining us. What's it like watching yourself on the highlights on the big screen there after such a big game? What a handsome man. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we were saying on commentary as well, Pep. How, I mean, after a game like that, which you felt in control of in the first half and then maybe it got away with from you a little bit in the second, what's your overriding emotion at at
17: a 2 2 draw? Well, first of all, the game—that's why the Premier League is the best league in the <laughs> world. So, what a game, what atmosphere! Anfield is a is in a special special place. We cannot deny it. So, we came back twice. Uh, we played incredible first half, especially the 15 to 45 minutes was wow. I don't know. In Anfield, can saw so an open and play with this special personality. We spoke many times when come here today again. So. You don't have courage to play, and you see it's scary for the environment here, you don't have chance. And the way Bernardo played, Roddy played, and Kai Walker, everyone, central defenders, and everyone was was really good. So, yeah, unfortunately we could not win, but we didn't lose. It's not another step for the, this uh, tough Premier League, but, yeah, very pleased for the week we played. We spoke before
5: the game, we spoke about your number nine and the rotation of the front three can you just explain a little bit about how you want players to move into space and what the reason for that is with the no, opponent
17: we, we, we want Jack ability in smaller spaces to have the ball to control it and we didn't find him much uh, because the structure defensive from Liverpool is really good so good and it was not easy and uh, yeah we could play for under or Gabriel but Gabriel now I prefer to play inside and in the middle so you know sometimes take a decision sometimes you know before and I don't know sometimes it's right sometimes wrong but in general the team was excellent in in all, all departments
1: I thought as you said after 15 minutes I thought you took complete control of the game and then at half time you think you'd need to be 1-0 up you go into the second half in that second half did you feel the change did you
17: feel Liverpool starting to get is back it, in against, it? against these opponents this for me absolutely I played many times against Jürgen teams and especially this one is the best three teams in the world mm-hmm. so when you have these 45 minutes you have to take advantage mm-hmm. not just for one goal for margin mm-hmm. And I said to the half-time, so forget about it, now you are going to suffer. Yeah. So momentum, Anfield momentum always is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they score a goal and after five minutes they are there, it looks like, oh, maybe we are losing 4-0 for the way they are <laughs> it up. So it's always difficult, but it's not easy for a team like was, like Paris, for example, again, we were incredible, much, much better, yeah, and we yeah. lost 2-0. Yeah. So when we were 1-0, we were there. And mm-hmm. after 1-1, we were there. Mm-hmm. And that means, ah, guys, we're a great team. Yeah. So because the great teams it, it looks in the bad moments and mm-hmm. when the way they lose, we lose in Paris as a great team yeah. and today we come back as a great team, and that is for Man City is uh, I'm very proud. Well, what yeah. a week you've had! Chelsea no.
13: away, Paris Saint Germain away, Liverpool away. One win, one loss, one draw. How do you feel coming the out of that played,
17: week? The way we played, the way we played was, wow, was so good. The way we played all three games was good. Mm. Unfortunately. In in Paris we could not take result and but you know Stamford Bridge and Anfield and and don't lose is is nice but especially the way mm. the way so the memories always remains titles are numbers you know and but the memories are the way you came here I will remember that so like last season come here even the the years when we came and we lost for incredible actions for the momentum from Liverpool always we were. With a huge personality and that is the great teams have to show and do you think that that's
5: really what you're looking for is that is that pride of being able to dig in when things aren't going well when you go a goal behind to show that character is that what gives you the real feeling of how good
14: this team is? You,
17: you you know that's when everything is going well 1-0-2-0-3-0 everyone is is maradona so the problem is when our problems and that is when we have to show it and and we are a team that last year's show many many times, and and that is still we're going to do it. The team were fantastic. Yeah. We're fantastic.
13: Pep, you're as enthusiastic as ever, aren't you, about the Premier League, about yeah, being Manchester City manager?
17: I love it. You yeah.
13: see it, it just exudes in your body language. Yeah, yeah. I
17: love it. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> good, good. We <laughs> appreciate
13: yeah. it as well. Thank really you guys. Pretty good at interviews and a very handsome man. Yeah, that's for <laughs> yeah. sure.
17: <laughs> My wife will still say the same.
13: Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks yeah. very much. <laughs> Rebecca, we'll send it back to you.
2: Brilliant stuff, Carlo. Thank you so much. It's so interesting that mm. body language and the words he used and the huge smile on his face. You think he just won the game 5-0. He's as happy with that draw because of the way they played Robbie Musto oh, as had they won it 4-0. It,
3: it's so important to him. It's almost everything, the way that he sees his teams play. And that's by taking the ball and being brave and combining and linking and doing the things that he saw his team do, not just today, but all week, the mm-hmm. tough matches that they've had. I just, it does make you think, we were talking about it a little bit earlier, Rob, yeah. where... They're so silky now in their build-up play, maybe as good as we've seen it over the last few years. If they just had that striker, like Aguero a few years ago, to finish off some of these moves, then wow. Devil's
2: advocate, though. You take a, as I think you said to me while we were watching the game, you take a a striker striker in, in. you take a midfielder out, maybe the build-up isn't as good. good.
4: Absolutely. And and the thing that comes across there, Rebecca, is that he's manager of Manchester City, he's a head coach of, of Manchester City... But he's a fan of Manchester City. He sits there and he wants to be enjoy the football. He wants to be entertained, and that's a big part of what he said. And also, his teams have to have a little bit about them. They suffered in the second half, he said, and they came through. And he's right; they did suffer. They went goals behind, and twice they, they found a way to come back in, into matches. So they're in great shape, I tell you. People have talked like, "Well, oh, maybe not City's year this year. That's a draw against Chelsea." And a duel against Liverpool. A win against Chelsea mm. and a duel against Liverpool. There. They're in
3: pretty good shape.
2: In terms of being in good shape, Liverpool look good. Chelsea are top of the league. City as well. Who's the favourite right now? Not your favourite, the favourite. The
3: favourite right now. Tough. I'd say Liverpool, maybe. Liverpool,
2: Liverpool favourite, despite maybe. them being just second.
3: Yeah, well, it's so close. There's so, mm-hmm. so many games to play. And of course, any of the, the three, I think, probably. I don't think we can see Man United winning the title, but. Manchester
4: City for me. They're still yep. dominating. The way they can dominate again, if they can turn some like of that domination into conversion of goals, mm. they'll win it again.
2: Interesting, because top of the league are Chelsea mm. right now by a point. Let's take you back to Anfield. The Liverpool, Liverpool manager, Jurgen Klopp, is just walking Hello, up Jürgen. to Arlo White.
13: Rebecca, thank you very much indeed. Jurgen, we've spoken to you after many very, very good games here at Anfield <laughs> against various opposition. Against Manchester City as well, when you two teams get together, the sparks fly. What are your
18: emotions after a 2-2 draw? Mixed. <laughs> <laughs> Mixed um, because, unfortunately, or oh, thank God, the game has two halves. Mm. Um, today, both. First half, um, obviously, pfft. wow. I would say it was a lesson of City, but the thing is, we, we, it's not really a lesson because um, City did as good as we let them do because we did pretty much everything wrong. Uh, we didn't play enough football, number one mistake in a football game, always. Um, and the way we defended was obviously wrong as well. So we didn't change anything in the second half, just to say, we just reminded the boys what we actually wanted to do. <laughs> so, um, and, that's then, and you could see immediately, and that's, I'm really happy about that, that you could see uh, obviously even City is to defend and even mm-hmm. City is to hurt even when it's really difficult. Um so second half, I would have loved to win, to be honest, but because the game has two halves i I think it would have been too cheeky to to, to, <laughs> to, to be now really disappointed about only getting one point um it's fine I'm really happy that we still showed uh, okay, mm. it's possible, and especially for us possible, and with that, I'm fine, but the first half is whoa.
5: there was a there was a moment where the camera panned to you and you were screaming be brave be brave and yes. that for me was where the first half went a little bit wrong I think I think oh, the yeah. passing into midfield stopped didn't it you started going longer and then it was like all of a sudden the control went oh, out we, of we, your performance
18: we mix up all the offensive game with long mm. balls of course you do mm. that but um only playing home balls, I, I've never, I, we, we mm. cannot play like other teams in the Premier League do against us and have no pattern for it, mm. so it's not that we are then around and stuff like this, like poop, oh, again, and then we follow the ball, it's, it's, it's just not us. Mm. Um, but what we missed in the first half completely was the extra pass. Yeah. We just pass the ball here, under pressure, yeah, and we shot. We, we, we shot the ball long. And, you know, pass it back, go there, half space, all of a sudden we were there. Connected midfield three, all of a sudden we are there. So Fab drops, or, 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 or Curtis drops, Fab in the center, handle on a half 10, whatever that is, pass the ball there, free. Mm-hmm. Because we can press, um, um, force them back as well in the last line. And I was like, that's what we did again. Second goal was maybe not a team goal, but it was just a world class Mm -hmm. situation. (laughs) (laughs) But all the situations now, we were really in the game. Second half was a game everybody expected probably Mm. from the beginning. Even I did that. And um, yeah, the first half we will use to learn. Mm. Because even with all the experience you you make over the years and all the things you go through over the years, that something that can happen, I actually wouldn't have expected. No. Uh, Playing that little amount of football it's like wow
7: yeah.
18: <laughs> why, would, why would you do that it's like you change the dressing room you come here you go a night before in a hotel and you arrive here and don't play football it makes really no sense but, but is that forced by the opposition a little bit but you saw in the second half not as much mm. so they are incredibly good in possession, but everything in football is to defend, because the pitch has a specific size, length, width, all there. It's not. It's not that be. That I, 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 if it would be rocket science, I would be the wrong person. <laughs> honestly, so it's not. It's. It's. it's the, the things are all clear pretty much, but the way they do it is really good. Mm. But I'm really happy we we we, we did it in the second half uh, really well, actually. Around the goals just, we conceded again, we could have won the game obviously in the second half but it's really fine and it's a point
1: Jürgen, uh, there's some excellent performances out throughout the 90 minutes and we can pick Salah's goal, we can pick Mane we, we can do we all that, to, yeah. I mean absolutely world class but yeah. somebody I'd like to pick out was James Milner, playing it right back, first half got torn to pieces, not necessarily all his own fault, he no. wasn't getting a lot of protection yeah. from Mo to be fair, yeah. but In the second half, he came out. Phil Foden didn't have a kick for the first 20 minutes of the second half. How pleased... I mean, you know you're going to get a performance like that from him. How pleased were you with his
18: performance? Oh, massively, massively. I couldn't... uh, Millie is one of the guys in in, in five, six years when we meet, we have, like, we can talk about, like, old stories from old battles in the (laughs) battlefield or whatever. That's how it is. So we we, we had these moments together. Um, So if you don't want to play... foot, If you want to play... Fullback, so you better don't start against City.
4: Yeah.
18: <laughs> <laughs> because it's just a game where, yeah. as a fullback, you are really constantly in yeah. situations. And mm. you have to defend, you said it right. Yeah. And it was not more alone, when it left him alone yeah. there, it's like you have to. Mm. How do you defend them? So they pass the ball to the outside, they want to mm-hmm. go into dribbling or underlap from the eight. Mm. So you put on the, the eight from your, your own eight, go there, double the situation. In that moment, they pass the ball back. Concelo, Walker, whatever. Yeah. That's where you need a. The winger then you cannot. The triangle you have to defend with the triangle on the wing. So that's the situation. But he did really well. And yeah. Come on, we took him off. I I I only saw in Pep's reaction obviously that he thought it's a second yellow. Mm, yeah. I didn't see mm. that to be honest. I only saw something going down there, yeah. and it wasn't clear. Yeah, you. he was It was a second why did they take yeah. together <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just nod yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh,
13: okay. yeah. Jürgen thanks very much indeed oh, if welcome. you get any days off yeah. in this international break enjoy them and um, we'll see you yeah, later yeah. in the thank
18: season thank you very much great to see you, to you. take thank care
13: you.
1: <laughs> Jordan what a, what a second half first of all what was that like to play in
14: yeah it was yeah it was a good game you know overall I think second half we played much better um intense game as we knew it would be so um, yeah a little bit unlucky not to come away with with the three points in the end Um, I think first half obviously we can be a a, a bit better but second half we came out and and put in a good performance 45 minutes. Aside from the first
1: quarter of an hour did you really struggle to get a rhythm maybe sat too deep first half?
14: Yeah we weren't pressing um, in the right way you know we weren't on the front foot in the first half yeah uh, we started OK, but then after the first five, ten minutes, maybe we, could, we couldn't get out of them as much as what we would have liked. But second half, we we're, were regrouped. Um, spoke about one or two things that we could improve on, in that, and I felt, felt as though we did that second half. What about that second
1: goal scored by Mo Salah? Just tell us tell us about a
14: fellow professional's view of that one. Yeah, it was incredible. You know, he just felt as though he just kept beating players. And when he gets it on his right foot, you know that he's, he's deadly in that position. So fantastic goal unfortunately it wasn't the winner
1: what is the overall feeling in the dressing room we've just been listening to fans on both sides and everybody's going away sort of buzzing about what they've seen reasonably
14: happy what's the feeling in your dressing room <laughs> um, I think we'll be disappointed overall um, because I think we can be better in the first half in terms of performance um, and then <clears> last ten minutes two one up I think we should see the game out to be honest so disappointing um, but still positives to take you know City have a good team um, and it's always going to be a tough fixture. So, um, yeah, a little bit of a little bit of disappointment. Disappointment overall.
2: So much to talk about from this game at Anfield, and you wanted to have another look at this moment here, Robbie Mustard.
3: I just think there's defining moments in the game. This is a defining moment. This is one-one. And this really should have been a second yellow card for James Milner. Now, of course, we don't want to see players get sent off. There's no attempt to to play the ball. He's deliberately bringing down the player. Now, again, we've enjoyed a magnificent game of football. It's been superb. But it's our job to to pick out big moments. That's a big moment at 1-1. If City get, you know, an extra man there, I don't know what we see afterwards, but a oh, better chance of them to win. That's what that I'm was saying. A good example, uh, James Ward-Prowse getting sent off yesterday for
4: Southampton. Chelsea go on and win the game. Exactly. One. That, yeah. that can happen. And even Jurgen Klopp, I think, tongue-in-cheek, was sort of saying, you realise they got away with one there, Milner, uh, with the second yellow, and actually took him off a couple of minutes after to, to yeah. just protect him.
2: What do you think would have happened had it gone down to ten men against City? How hard would those final City stages would have been? probably
4: won the game because they stretch you back. If there's one team in this league, you don't want to have ten men against this Manchester City because they possess and keep the ball so well and move you all over the park. So, as Robbie said, it could have been, but it, it wasn't given. We are where we are, and it, it's mm. a point of peace.
2: And James Milner is. The, it, we talked. They talked about it on commentary. He's an experienced pro. He's a mm. real professional. None of that plays into it, does it, in a referee's mind?
3: It shouldn't do, Rebecca. I, I don't. I can't. I can't can't answer why that wasn't given. I, don't, I can't imagine that because of the player, they're not going to give him a second yellow card. They shouldn't do that. You don't consider who it is when you make your calls. they just got away with it.
2: Klopp's post-match interview there with Arlo. Again, similarly to Pep Guardiola, body language, everything, super happy. It feels like, at the moment, these teams, Chelsea included, mm-hmm. everything is kind of going according yeah. to plan.
3: It really is. And I think what you want as a manager is for your team to be playing to its true potential. And I think... A lot of that was relief because in the first half they really didn't, as Jurgen Klopp said there. But the second half, you know, I expected a change at right fullback. Mm. He stuck with that group and he said words at half time that made them change the game, change momentum. And that's why he's a special manager because. I think a lot would have made some tactical changes to stop City's dominance rather than just pointing the finger and getting them revved up to go out there and be a bit more aggressive. One of the things that I've taken away the last couple of weeks,
7: Beckett
4: is that the top teams and the top managers understand you have to suffer. Chelsea had it the first half at Spurs um, a couple of weeks ago. They suffered the first half, went through it and won the game. Today, that Jurgen Klopp has is, is said that his team had to suffer and they come through. The big teams understand you're not going to dominate at all times and when you suffer, you're hanging together, you have a plan of working out and you come through the other side. That's why Liverpool, Manchester City and Chelsea are, I think, the the three that will win it. Manchester United, I don't think, can suffer in the same way and come out on top.
2: Now, we learned first thing this morning, about 10 minutes actually before we came on air, that Watford have fired their head coach, Disco Munoz, after less than 10 months in charge. He was hired last December and helped lead the club to second place in the championships and therefore promotion back to the Premier League. They lost 1-0 to Leeds yesterday and were in 14th position this morning when he was fired. They'd actually now sit in 15th place. They've got seven points through seven matches. The Watford board said this. Recent performances strongly indicate a negative trend at a time when team cohesion should be visibly improving. We should also say the reports throughout the day are linking Watford with Claudio Ranieri. Apparently, they're in talks with a former Leicester and Chelsea manager, amongst others. Claudio Ranieri Mm. at Watford. Do you like it? Do
4: you like it? I'm not so sure, but I don't particularly like how Watford go around their business. I know people say, well, this is the way they do it, but to give... A manager who's got you promoted, who's got seven points, who's working hard to try and get things right, to sack him um, and then bring in Ranieri. I'm really not bothered, to be honest, Rebecca. I've got to be (laughs) honest, I'm not bothered because that's how what forget me uh, to a point where, you know, the team do so well, they go in the championship, they get up, and then there's no relevance to me. After seven games, you you sack a guy. Either don't start with him or give him a chance at least to, to fail.
2: Yeah, not bothered. Robbie Hill, what do you think?
3: I understand where he's coming from. I mean, there's short-term managers and there's Watford short-term. I mean, Munoz from December did a great job. I guess they want a Premier League manager. There's no way you can sack him thinking, after seven games, they've won two of them, by the way, that we're we're looking at our performances look like we're going in a a downward spiral. They want a Premier League experienced manager. Ranieri's the guy. Does he make Christmas? Probably doesn't. They're probably going to look for somebody else. I don't know where their expectations lie. Do they think they're going to be a Mm top-ten team, Watford? Mm -hmm. We know how difficult it is to jump into the Premier League. Yeah. I know there's a lot of new players gone there, but even so, I think this is, this is ridiculous from a guy that's done a really good job. They're going in a different direction.
2: Let's talk about the top four as we cover some storylines here over the course of the weekend. Has this weekend for you, Robbie musto been the moment where you've thought it's not a four-horse race, it's a three-horse race because of what happened with Manchester United yesterday?
3: Probably, yeah. I was on that path anyway with Manchester United, the way that they... Don't look like they play as a team more than a, a, a team that's capable of good moments going forward. Confirm there's good moments going back, they're capable of doing that as well. And I think that's kind of the issue there. Just a, just a quick thought, a comparison. Frank Lampard at Chelsea last season. New players, new expectations. He's trying to mould the team. He's f- trying to figure out the balance of attacking, defending. We talked about it many times. They get caught in the counter-attack, tweaking, not getting it right. New manager comes in, experienced guy, boom. From day one, stopped all that issue. At Manchester United, are we a similar road, Rob? Where he's he's done a good job to get them to this point, Mm. now with an experienced, really top coach, to figure out how they play as a team. They attack together and they defend together. It feels a similar situation. It's interesting because the teams that are getting results
4: against Manchester United, if you think of Everton, you think of Villa, um, you think of West Ham in the League Cup, come with a strategy. Their managers have come with a strategy to beat Manchester United. It was interesting, I was thinking about the game last night and I thought whether we're talking Manchester United. United had on the bench yesterday Ronaldo didn't start, Pogba, Sancho, Lingard, Don, uh, Donny van der Beek, we don't know what's happening. Everton had Luis Dobbin. And Charlie Whittaker, two 18-year-olds, yet with a better team, probably could have won the game if Davies takes a shot instead of playing in Yerry Mina, had the best player on the park, it cost them $2 million to Maury Gray, and have a, a set-up and a strategy worked by Rafa that's giving them points and keeping them at the top end of the table. That's it's, the
2: difference. It's an incredible comparison. And you say that you probably think now they're out the, ty- not out the title race, but maybe it's a three-horse race rather mm. four. But that's not OK, is it? From United's perspective, but no. already in October no. we're thinking that. No,
3: not when you finished second place last year, and I know the other teams have strengthened as well. But you've made some big signs there, and and the Jaden Sancho call is a big call for 100 million dollars to bring in a player that you really, really, really wanted. I didn't see too many others knocking the door down to bring him in, and it's early yet, and he's a young player, and I think he will come good. But at the moment, Ronaldo outstanding, Varane doing fine. But that's kind of it. The team hasn't upgraded as much as you might expect when you bring in uh, those three players. Of course, apart from Ronaldo's incredible impact.
2: Let's move it on to Brentford. Mm. Story of the season so far, mm. sitting in seventh position. Now, here's my question mm. Could opposition teams get used to them, find a way, no. start to work them out?
4: No. Because they've, they've got one more than one way of doing it at the back end. They played against Arsenal, played some lovely football through yeah. the midfield and built it up. Now and then they went long uh, into the front two who can play. They've got a pair of strikers who can get down the sides and do the... So there's there's more options than what they've got. They've come in... They're almost this season's Leeds United. They're a must-watch. They make you smile when when you do it. And today they go 1-1 in the London Stadium, away to West Ham. And most promoted teams will be like, this is a good draw away from home. They go and win the game. Wisher comes on, gets the goal. They have the celebration. They've been... They've come to the Premier League and been a great
3: addition. They've bought something to the Premier League.
2: Everyone's second team right now.
3: Surprise me. Surprise me. I I, I maybe didn't respect them enough, talking about euphoria and the the happiness of being in the Premier League will keep them going. They're better than that. Mm. Their football is better than that. The front two players are better than that. Uh, and the manager's better than that. And the, the little vibe they've got going with their small stadium, the little lap of appreciation at the end of every home game is is really good.
2: Who are you more worried about right now? Newcastle United, who are second bottom, or Norwich City, who are bottom bottom?
3: Worried about in what respect?
2: In terms, just all-round well, concerns. I, I, I
3: think Norwich City are, gonna, are not going to stay in the division. So
2: you're worried about them for going down?
3: Yeah, but mm-hmm. I, I guess I'm worried about Newcastle in, in terms of, of a Bigger great picture. football club that's... On the, on the downers right now, you know, it's, it's, it's very difficult for them. And a change of manager may be the way. It's worrying because if they go down, Rebecca, I don't think all the big buyers are going to be in, certainly
4: not at the same level. It's, you know, it's a gamble to get, come out of the championship. There's a worry around this big football club. There's so much negativity. Steve Bruce isn't going to go. The, the ownership looks like they're not going to sack him. The, the fans aren't happy. And the other big thing is, Rebecca, they don't play very good football. Other teams, at least, are having to play. Newcastle are one of the worst teams to watch in the league.
2: People say he should resign, but if you were Steve Bruce, you wouldn't walk away from a payoff, would you?
4: Absolutely not. That's, you know, it's for the the club to do what they need to do if they want to get rid of him and, and move on.
2: Okay, gentlemen, thank you very much indeed. That does it for this edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Be sure to check out other episodes where you'll get a collection of our most spirited in-studio debates as well as exclusive on-site access. Plus, don't miss out on Premier League mornings, weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. Bye for now.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed?